You're listening to DraftKings Network. No one understands our critical journalism anyway. You're just a bunch of cheerleaders. I don't want to hear your opinions. I don't think so. Hold on. Can I fuck up my feed somehow? I need to make this blurrier and now I can speak. We need to bring down the quality. 16 times. Cheerleading too hard. All right, my friends. I'm wearing I'm wearing team gear season wide. That's it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna tell you. I'm I'm your newest cheerleader. Hey everybody, welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan, and as always, I am just so excited to be joined by, we continually talk about her fashion sense, but here's a little teaser for you folks. We also want to talk about her social media savvy, about to up the game on the social scene as far as too many men is concerned, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? Yeah, I'm Fantastic, setting something up that I hope our lovely, joyous listeners will enjoy. So stay tuned for that next Monday. Amazing, amazing. And of course, we would not be too many men unless we were joined by the Athletics. Shayna Goldman, who today on the Spin the Wheel of Why is Shayna Goldman not on time to the recording of the podcast, we got software update. Our other entries have been, Sarah, what's your favorite? I like the software updates. <laughs> we have software updates. Hair's hair hair gone dry. wild. Hair's not dry. I decided to dye my hair because I had a nervous breakdown in the middle of the day. Take the dogs yes. out. Yes, yes. We have a whole wheel. We're, they're going to get a dog dorm, the new office. I'm going to install a dog door and just let them mm. live their lives. And if they join, they join. They leave, they leave. I'm just going to do that. And then they can't kill anything. We're going to have producer Jeremy record that for posterity to hold you accountable <laughs> and see what other entries make it to the Shayna Goldman wheel of timeliness. But we love you. Shana Just Sam. lie to me. Just lie to me. Lie to me about the time. That's what everyone has to Shana, do. Shayna, I do. Lie. I literally do. I know, do. and I'm still, you got to lie better. I literally called you earlier today and said, Shayna. Don't don't be late. I was ready, and then I had my, and then I'm like, oh, I set up, I set up my spot. I cleaned. I was ready to go. And yet. And yet I wasn't. <laughs> but tell us, tell us what you did earlier today. Can we? Oh, yes. Let's, let's change is... the conversation. What did you do today, Allison? <laughs> well, I became slightly less uncool and I have joined my friends. How are you uncool? Because I didn't have, oh look, there's the screen. Let's hide that. I didn't have a <laughs> switch like the rest of apparently all of humanity. So uh, thanks to a challenge by my uh, broadcast colleague and friend of the pod, Piper Shaw, um, I do have a switch. We are putting together a docu-series on the purchasing. <laughs> it's quite an adventure. Um, and I've played my first game of Mario Kart and I won. Who were you? Um, I don't know what that means. I was the pink mushroom. Oh, you strike me okay. as a Wario girl. I don't know I don't, why. I, don't I feel know like you'd pick Wario. You're going to unlock stuff as you play, as you race. You get to unlock like different cart customizations and wheels and characters. And it's going to be great and wonderful for you. And it's going to be great and wonderful for us because we're going to have a nice 
Birio Kart Tournament, where you have to choose a beverage of your choosing to slam mid-race. It could be a White Claw, it could be a beer. We'll raise some money. It'll be a great time. I, it's very overwhelming. I don't me. even have to participate because I'm so much better than everyone else. I'll just, like, coordinate it. That's fine. Wow. Did you hear that, Sarah? She just blatantly said she's so much better than everybody else. I'm the current wow. reigning champion. Talking As you shit. guys told me, I cheated the other day. You told me I'm a cheater because I won a tournament. So I'm just saying I can even take myself out of it if everyone's so intimidated by it. This will be our next clause for a cause. That's right. That's exactly. Right. That's right. So, uh, yes, uh, shout out to friend. We have to get Piper on the show. I think we should get Piper yes. on the show. Um, but friend of the pod, Piper Shaw, bad influence. Sarah, what's your favorite <laughs> uh, tw- uh, game on this damn thing? No, I haven't got one yet. I have the oh! Xbox, but Everett okay. went away, and now I have nothing, and I want to get a Switch for Christmas. So hopefully that happens. You should get one. Or Hanukkah. I celebrate both. So if anybody wants to buy me a switch please do if not i'm gonna buy it myself after the season but i'm hopeful not the nhl season the holiday season so we'll <laughs> so our clause for a cause is actually sarah's it's switch for sarah yeah, yeah. Switch, switch for sarah switches for sarah yes yes so i'm i'm very excited i i appreciate everyone's encouragement i will play games with all the wonderful people who've asked but you have to understand like I literally last played Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. So, oh, and I had a, I had a Game Boy, an original Game Boy. We love that. Which I we still have. That. So I'm gonna when I get Same. home, I'm gonna take a picture of my original Game Boy next to my beautiful new toy. But I don't like the Joy Cons. Is that what they're called? Yes, Joy Cons. I need new colors. Yeah. I'm not happy about these colors. Yeah, they come like they'll have like special ones. Like Splatoon came out with like lime green and hot pink, and then like the Animal Crossing ones I think are pale blue and yellow. Rich collects them. He has like probably. 20 different Joy-Cons, like, it's a lot. But you can also get a Pro Controller that's, like, a regular controller that you play. You know, like, it's like a hand... It's it's a, it's a full-fledged controller that's not Joy-Cons at all. But then why don't you... Then you're just playing a, an Xbox or a, a Thinger. You're yeah, not... You're but when you dock it on your TV, or if you're playing with a lot of people, like, we play we play cart, we dock it on the TV, it's four of us sitting there, everyone brings their own controller, typically, because it makes life a lot easier. And then no one gets, like, upset if anyone, like, spills drinks on the controllers because everyone's very, like, touchy about it because I get it. And then, you know, you, like, you all sit there and you have controllers in your hands. Like, if you're playing Xbox or anything, it's the same difference. It's nice to have the versatility. That's why we love the Switch, the versatility. All right. Well, there we go, my friends. Uh, That is the big news. It's very (laughs) exciting. But we are here to talk about hockey, or so they tell me. So (laughs) we start with Sarah Sivian's favorite segment, Sarah. Bit O News. Bit O News time. Yay. Here we go, my friends. Bit O News. We want to break down the Board of Governors meetings, which actually was kind of funny because the Kraken were in Florida and then Tampa. So I was overlapping with the folks coming down there by just today, but I was not at the Board of Governor meetings. There were some big headlines that came out of those meetings. And so we wanted to break them down a little quickly here. Hi, Dad. Um, first up, the salary cap. While we had some interesting promising news at the beginning of the season, and I think it was in October, that the cap might be going up more than people expected, it now sounds like it will still go up next season, but perhaps a little bit more of a moderate increase. And Shana, keep me honest here, I believe that the current estimation is $1 million. Is that correct? So it's good news in that it's not a flat cap or anticipated to be a flat cap anymore. There will be an increase, but not a super big one. And we've watched a lot of teams have to deal with, particularly this season, the impact of having a flat cap and not even being able to play a full roster because they're at the cap and can't call players up when others get injured or suspended or things of that nature. So 
a baby step up. Sarah, what is your take on a little bit of an increase as a treat? I hate it. I we need more money. A million dollars these days is literally like having seven dollars. I like I just can't deal with this. It, they record profits everybody has, including Gary Bettman that he's bragging about. He's bragging about the gate revenue, everything going on. That's great, great, great. Everything's great, including the, the ads that are so bad that I am blinded every day. But we'll get to that. But I, it's not good enough. Um, this is a joke. Who? Who among us is a $1 million contract that's going to shift anything? I mean, it's okay that it's slowly, like, it, at least it's not trending in the wrong direction. But if it was trending in the wrong direction, this league would be more of a joke than it already is. I agree. I think that salary caps uh, force teams to be a little smarter, a little more creative, a little bit more mindful with their money. And I think, obviously, the flat cap was something no one anticipated. So if you were operating with the idea, and that's this is the biggest problem. Everyone's operating with the idea that, that the cap was going up because of the new TV deal and things like that. And everyone rightfully had that mindset up to the trade deadline right before the whole world stopped. So like everyone's still dealing with the repercussions of it. So at this point, the slow growth is hurting teams. It's it's tough to be creative because there's so little to work with. And like we did see teams slow down with, you know, long-term contracts for a year and then ramp them back up. So I guess no one gives a shit anymore. So now it's your problem if you fuck that up. But it's the bragging about the constant, oh, record high profits and things like that when the like truth of the matter is the NHL is really bad at projecting their revenue every year. And that's like problem A. And that's what everything's based off of their projections. And they can't seem to get them a little bit better. So like they're not helping anything. They're not making it easier for themselves. Like they're not doing a good job at the end of the day. So even when you think, well, this was out of their control, there is things that are in their control that they're just doing a shitty job with. And speaking of things that won't be changing maybe the way that people wanted them to, there's also been discussion of possibly adding play-in games. Uh, we saw a little bit of this in the bubble season um, with playoff games that weren't technically playoff games, but it did mean that the Maple Leafs still haven't won a playoff round in however long, <laughs> so we'll take it. Um, but Gary Bettman, again, with his gentle and subtle lack of charm, shut that idea down to no playing games in the near future. Uh, Shana, I know you had a reaction to this. Your take. I actually agree here. I don't Ooh. like the idea of playing games. There's an 82-game season. If you want to shorten the season by about 10 games, which would be, I think, more digestible for everybody, then it's a conversation to have. But if you're adding more playing games on top of a long playoff run, on top of a long regular season, it just feels like a cash grab. If you really want to fix things with the playoffs, fix the fucking playoff format that everybody hates right now because there are matchups that shouldn't be happening in round one and two. It should be done even if they kept the divisions as such and you can't go simple one to eight and you want to like reward people for winning the divisions. Have one, two, three, three who win the divisions round out the standings in each conference and then everybody else after that just filters in. So essentially it's five wild cards that the NHL loves so much and then go one to eight from there and everything would be so much better. The quality would be so much better. Then we don't need to have conversations about how to have playing rounds. It's so, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, can we just fix what's broken first? I completely agree. One point for Gary B over here. I, I guess two points counting Shayna, but it's like half the league already <laughs> makes the playoffs. Grow up. Um, it's just even more and more room for error for a team that doesn't deserve to win the cup to win it. And we watch... 
playoffs more as a not extension of the regular season, but as like teams are built for playoffs. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning are built for playoffs. It doesn't matter if they're winning the most games and it explains kind of the Panthers from seasons past. So it's just kind of, it's already that much divorced from the regular season that even like getting, it's more chance a fluke will get in. And I just like am over that. These guys work their asses off all year for what? For Gary B to make five more dollars and for them to not make one more dollar. <laughs> and literally, can we talk the last time they had the play-in round? Like, yes, it made sense to have some sort of mechanism for figuring it out when they were in the bubble, but it was they extended it to have Montreal and Chicago make it, if I remember correctly, because those are big money makers and everyone's trying to make money back. And I get it, everyone's trying to make money back because the world went to shit and everybody lost money. And I totally understand that. But like, is this participation trophies? Like that's that's the conversation like you're going to get to and everyone be like, no, it's the greatest league in the world. We don't need to just throw a bone to have more big market teams in it. The Maple Leafs are going to be in the playoffs for a while if they keep up this current rate. They don't need a plan to make it. It's like not even that much. I mean, it is an accomplishment to make the playoffs, but it's just been diluted. I don't think we need to dilute it even more. And one more thing, I know that some of it has to do with, like if the cap rises and how much has to do with the NHLPA, but like attention, where is the new leader of the NHLPA? They're still doing a search for this. So I'm just kind of wondering how this is all getting decided. There's one more topic that came out of the Board of Governors meetings that we wanted to talk about. Sarah, get ready. Here we go. Uh, It is the new NHL digital dasher boards, and I am reading um, the reports from ESPN's Greg Wyshynski on this. Uh, This was Gary Bettman's quote on the NHL digital dasher boards, quote, the polling we do with our fans gives us the feedback that it's a non-issue. Many think it looks better than having the numerous logos on the dasher boards. It's working extraordinarily well. If what you're doing is just watching the dashboards, which I guess if you're reporting on it, you might do, then it may be a distraction. If you're watching the game, it's not a distraction. Now, here we go. First of all, if you're reporting the game, nine times out of 10, you're actually in the building. So you're not watching the digital ads. You don't see them. The people who are directly impacted by this are the people who necessarily either can't afford or can't logistically make it to every single game. And they're seeing all this crap on their television. And isn't this the way that we're supposed to be growing the game? Because you can only fit a limited amount of people in the building and the rest of it's coming beyond that. Further, did y'all see the tweet that went around where like because of the green screening, like players in all white, like they disappear because the ads are running over their body? Like, yep, there's all those glitches. I appreciate that there is lawyering going on here where it's basically like, well, if I tell you what I want you to believe, you'll maybe believe it's true. But like, we're not dealing with your super secret research here. Like we can see what people think of the digital Dasher ads. Sarah, your thoughts. Gary, let's sit down and have a seance. Are the poll participants in the room with us right now? (laughs) Like if you participated (laughs) in this poll in which Gary Bettman found the data that these ads are watchable, please tweet at us. I would like to know what this poll was, what the questions were, what the requirements were. Must have 2020 vision. I don't know because I get distracted. I mean, I'm easily distracted as it is, but who among us isn't these days? I The puck literally freezes and gets lost in these ads. It's a, a tra- And I don't like to bitch about this stuff this much. I am for more ads on jerseys, more ads on helmets. I think it's kind of fun and I like the Euro vibe. I can't stand this. It's just like, it's so distracting. Every time it switches, there are glitches, like you said, constantly. And I'm like, am I okay? What's happening in my head? It's like, 
once a game, this happens and it's a fix it. Don't at, I just hate also the attitude where he refuses to acknowledge when things are wrong. I know it's his job to kind of answer for all the owners that have tons of money around the league, but it's just like, please just even tongue in cheek, admit that something's wrong. Well, and I love too, like there was, I, I don't think it was on this point specifically, but people were like, well, the people in the room at Board of Governors are hesitant to question Gary Bettman. I'm like, he works for you. Like, he literally works for you. The call is coming from inside the house. Like, what are we doing? And if you can't question him, then maybe you elected the wrong person to be commissioner because as, as much as he's supposed to be at the helm, this is like a collaborative thing. You're, you're running a league that's filled with 32 teams. That's 32 different inputs that, you, inputs that you should be having. And like, there's a way to say it that we think that the digital boards are a good thing and you could spin them that they are while saying, look, we have them right now. We understand it's it's it's, it's going to be a process. They're new. We're doing this on the fly. We are very into the innovation that this brings, and we're going to make it work. Just live with us for a little. We're getting there. Something like that that was like a little bit more encouraging, which would, of course, admit that it's not perfect right now, which God forbid they do. But it, it would be a big difference because I think there is so much potential here. I do like that when they're flat, you have more white space. I think that is more appealing. And, you know, to say this is about the reporters, like you mentioned, this isn't about the reporters. They're the ones watching this so often in, in the arenas. It's about the fans. It's about the user experience. And it's not great. It's distracting. When you have certain ads with cars driving across it, it's disruptive. These big, dark cars driving. It's not even a light colored car. It's not a silver car. It's not subtle. It's like a navy blue fucking car <laughs> driving across a white screen. <laughs> the car from Barclays Center. It's distracting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you have you know, the pucks flying across, that's distracting. And the fact that in certain spots of the corner, there's a glitch in every single, you know, broadcast, that's a problem. And like the glitches, again, when you mentioned like all wearing white, then maybe you shouldn't have allowed certain teams to wear white pants. If you like, these are things to test run. And I understand that it's going to be a process, but don't act like it's fucking perfect. And like, like that is just, it's off-putting to fans basically saying, we don't give a shit about your experience, even though everybody's admitting that this is flawed. There are really cool ways to make this work. And I do think like when a player scores a goal to have something really customizable for them and think of like the World Cup of Hockey, how he how they did it. There's a way to make this that we love it and that the good outweighs the bad, but we're not there yet. Don't fucking act like we are. It's one of those things where I almost got over it and almost started to ignore it. And then he had to come and say this. And I'm like, this will be, I'll die on this hill for the rest of my days. <laughs> yep. And can I add, I was nice about the boards from the beginning. From the beginning, this is something I wasn't even critical about. And because it's this, like Sarah just said, it's this fucking attitude about it. Like the NHL can do no wrong. Then why are you fourth among sports in the United States? Please tell me because it has nothing to do with the quality of the product on the ice. It's everything around it that's just off-putting. Well, I think we all agree that we are definitely in favor of the league making more money for the reasons we already talked about with the cap. However, it is also time to do things the right way and acknowledge when they're not working. All right, so that's the Board of Governors meeting. I wonder why they don't invite us more. We would really obviously be a true value add to those, I think. We're moving on to our next segment, and usually we call this segment the shit list, but today we are calling this segment, if it isn't the consequences of my actions. My friends, 
This weekend, a Buffalo journalist, quote unquote, named Jerry Sullivan, who, and I'm admitting I do not have a high degree of familiarity with the Buffalo media scene, but this individual was on a very shittily uh, posted podcast in which he said, quote, the worst fans really are the women. They don't get critical journalism. They're all wannabe cheerleaders. Yay, Jerry Sullivan. So we had this on our shit list ready to go. Uh, Jerry did issue a Twitter apology the next day that read, quote, I'd like to apologize for comments I made on a podcast last night that were uncalled for and insulting to women. I should be better than that. And we were going to talk about that. But then we found more that this individual also had been talking in a misogynistic way for a long time, uh, bashing going back to, uh, let's see here, let me get the date, 2015, bashing women whenever they sang the anthem. Um, these tweets were compiled by a user named Evan X Duckett on Twitter where he would repeatedly tweet about women over singing anthems. I have four different occasions here, courtesy of Evan. We were ready to go, my friends, and then guess what? The universe responded. Every single outlet he works for, print and television and radio, has ceased their relationship with Mr. Jerry Sullivan. Ah, again, the consequences of my actions. Sarah, your thoughts? Listen, I thought about this for a while because I don't, I mean, in certain situations, it's totally fine to root for people to lose their jobs. That's just life, you know, say lovey, baby. I didn't think at first this guy should have lost his job, but then I remembered there's so much data and there are new studies coming out that say at least 48% of sports fans are women. So this is bad business if you got this guy shitting on women for being bad. And it wasn't just like a one-off comment that could have been misinterpreted. It was literally him saying... Women make the worst fans because they don't understand critical. Do you know Katie fucking Strang who invented critical journalism? Like you got to be off your goddamn rocker to say something like that. It's bad business. So the consequence, meet the action. Shayna? Yep. Um, <laughs> this is someone I nope. didn't know that much about and then quickly learned um, from the internet, from different people, and I have heard nothing good. So I don't root for people to lose their jobs, but I do root for accountability. And when it's a repeated thing like this, you know, sometimes it takes dras drastic measures and you brought this on yourself. So I have nothing good to say about it. Um, I find it so rich that someone could even say like the thing about like the cheerleading comment, like, okay, if you're a reporter, I think that there's a difference between an analyst and a reporter, right? And how you handle things. And if you're someone that wears just all different sports teams gear, I don't really have any, I wear all different sports teams gear. I don't claim to be some fucking reporter that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't claim to be someone that's like, I'm an unbiased journalist. I am fucking biased. My job is talking shit about your team. That's what I do. I watch a game, I talk shit about it. That's fucking bias. I don't care. There's players I like, players I don't like. There's teams I like, there's teams I don't like. At least I defend my takes. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and criticize someone for being a fucking cheerleader and then sit there wearing Bill's gear when I'm supposedly Seriously. a Buffalo sports reporter. <laughs> Seriously. You can't. It doesn't work that way. If I sat here on this podcast decked out in New York Rangers gear, like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm totally not biased and I don't want to be a cheerleader, you would be like, you're a fucking hypocrite. That's why you don't do it. There's a difference. I think being bi like I think it's more biased to pretend you're not biased to some degree sometimes. Like I honestly yep. can say I'm not rooting 
for any team in the league. And I know people don't believe that or whatever, but I am just not, I just don't really care. I care about people and stories and things like that. But I honestly, I appreciate when reporters disclose certain things like, and, and I think when you're invested in things then you actually care more and like, have more passion in the take. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just absolutely rich that that guy had that gear on and he's talking about this. And people like this just don't, there's so many times, like I remember when I was working in Boston radio and my colleague like made a comment about my body on the radio and my dad Mm. heard it. And I like made a funny comment while I like on Twitter about it. And they were like, Oh, let's have you on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on and defend myself, whatever, like have a, funny. It was kind of funny to me, kind of not. But then the guy called me and was like, actually, we can't have you on because we're under fire for some other thing. I'm like, you don't even let me defend myself. It's like all these times, these people just don't even have the woman in the room to defend herself. And that's the part that aggravates me the most. I was equally offended by just how shitty the video quality was too, right? Like what even like? Yeah. Hot garbage. (laughs) Hot garbage. You're gonna be talking shit. You better be on a fucking I want great you in high studio. Def shit. Great I setup. want high def shit, please. <laughs> so uh, yes, unfortunately, um, we will bid farewell to sports writer Jerry Sullivan. And, and Sarah, I think you make a really good point that when, even when we talk about these topics, this is not always a like you know oh go cancel this person or this organization or whatever. But it's th- to have the history of repeated behavior and to to not, I mean, and again, even his apology was just like, sorry, like, what are we doing to be better, is what I would say. So here we are. Okay, um, enough with that. Let's get on to some hockey topics. We had a whole list of things that we were going to talk to you all about. Um, but then uh, someone had to go and get a hat trick last night. Well, a couple people did on uh, Tuesday night. And one of those was Alexander Ovechkin, who, uh, and I'm honestly, well, we'll discuss this. He, long story short, he gets to 800 goals. He is now one of three players to have achieved such a feat. He is one point behind Gordie Howe. I think everyone who ever questioned if he was ever going to catch up to and beat Wayne Gretzky's total is now saying, oh, yeah, we were wrong about that, too. Um, There has been a little bit of noise as he's gotten closer and closer. He's gotten a lot of empty net goals of late. But he goes into Chicago with his team and scores, again, a hat trick to get to eight. Hundred, what a milestone, Sarah! Is it poetic? Is it fitting, or is it just happenstance that this achievement happens on a hat trick, or is did it have to happen this way? It's Ovi being Ovi, simply put. And every goal he scores, he looks like he's the first goal he ever scored in the league, and that's kind of how he's getting here, right? Like, have fun, kids. Um, that's my advice. I would have loved to see the first goal, but. ESPN kind of botched that. And the third goal, there was not a goal call. So that was not great. I'm hoping for a little more thought um, put into big moments in the future. Shana, your thoughts on what Ovi's accomplished and how it went down and what you think happens next for this really, really, really special player in the league? I think it's so special because I think through all the years, like, Alex Ovechkin has a ton of flaws as a player. Like, there's no questioning it, but he's 
he's worked on some of it, but I like that he's kept like the quintessential Alex Ovechkin game is there. He is a volume shooter. We know that ages better. He puts a lot of points up on the power play that ages better as you know as well. And I just think it's so impressive what he's doing too. And like you look at the numbers and you look at the seasons he didn't have. There was a lockout year. There was half a lockout year. There were the two COVID seasons, and that shortened it too. So I wonder if he could have gotten to it quicker. And like we'll never know. But the fact that he lost all of this time and is still just out there crushing it. You know, I want to see him just keep adding up the milestones because he's an incredible player. He is an old school power forward with an elite shot who can score goals. We all think of Ovechkin on the power play in so many different ways. He can rush to the net and have this like incredible play. He can score from his ass. He could do it any way he wants. And he has the best time doing it. It's so infectious. And I love that, you know, you think back to the Stanley Cup run too. He was everybody's biggest cheerleader on the bench. He doesn't just get hyped for his goals. Every single one of his teammates' goals, he's the first one up cheering, congratulating them, like cheering him on. So it's like, it's just like, he brings out so many good vibes on the ice. So I just appreciate all that he's done. Um, happening with a hat trick, I think it's incredible. It kind of reminds me a little bit of last year too. Like he came out to such a hot start. And I really want to see if it's anything different than last year because he did slow down. When you look at his season as a whole, you're like super impressed. When you look at the tail of two seasons, it's a little different. So the fact that he's like putting up goals in bunches to like race to this milestone like I'm very curious where he goes from here but at the end of the day like the Washington Capitals he is the backbone of the team and we don't always say that about it. we think of a goalie as a backbone but he is you know he is like the heart and soul of the Capitals and their best player for a million reasons so I just want to see him keep crushing it I want to see him beat Gretzky's rec- uh, record I want to see him keep I going. also really appreciate that no one's being annoying and hockey culture-ish about it at least nobody that like is relevant <laughs> to me or that I've seen even uh the caps owner who seems like a good guy as far as owners go ted l leonces yeah yeah leonces yeah my twitter mutual so he's a good guy anyway um he (laughs) said he wants to keep the band together and he wants ovechkin to accomplish this goal and he wants everybody back to do so so i love that there's not a oh we're gonna win the cup and then we'll talk we'll do whatever it takes we'll make him leave or what he's not going to accomplish. I love that they're just like, we want him to accomplish this solitary goal because that's often not the case. Yeah. I mean, I will say I've, I've thought he was going to do this for a while. I do think he'll beat Gretzky. Um, I am going to point out though, I'm going to be a little tiny bit of a Debbie Downer and I'm here for the accomplishment. I think it's very special. I think what he's doing is incredible and the on ice work is, should be celebrated. But I think we do have to acknowledge um, that, he has stood in support of someone politically who's doing some pretty awful things. And I just wish that in these moments, you know, I, again, we either, we can celebrate our sports heroes for their sports accomplishments, but acknowledge that that is the context in which we see their greatness. Um, And if other contexts are important to us, we just have to acknowledge whether that individual is stepping up in those contexts as well or not, because I have been disappointed. We've seen, other players in all sports. I mean, you look at, I mean, every single black man being asked about BLM during those times. And I think it's just important to remember that when there are things going on that raise questions, we must hold people accountable for all significant issues. But I am here for the OV joy. I think it's it's really cool. I, and I do kind of like that it came on a hat trick, honestly, because I did go back and forth on the empty. There were quite a few empty nets, what, in like the past Two weeks, is that right? Um, I would, I would, I it w- it would still be eight hundred goals, but if it had come on an empty net goal, I kind of would have been like, eh, yeah. eh. It's like a little flat. It's yeah. a li- it's hard enough. It was against 
the Black Ops right. too. Like right. I was even thinking about that. Like that's a game I'm not. In- I understand why it was a national game, and I understand why it's going to get that kind of treatment. It should. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, if it could have been like any other night against any other, like if it could have been. I don't even care. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the Penguins or the Islanders or a rival. It could have been the Oilers or the Canucks or something. But like the Blackhawks, you're like the team trying to tank. But I think that's what made it more impressive that it was a hat trick and that it was like an all around effort from him versus just like. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna nitpick considering all the injuries on the Capitals for right sure, now. For sure. So I'm like, I just. Oh yeah. Get, by any means sure. necessary. Sure. No, and I, I, I agree, and I think, um, I like it. I think it, it was a good way for it to go down. Um, good for him, I say, honestly. Um, the thing I will say about the broadcast, Sarah, you brought this up. You know, I have been beating this drum almost my entire. I, whenever I first learned from a media perspective that local media only gets the first round of playoffs, right? And then it goes to national. I get it, but I also think that's so frustrating because you lose the voices and the perspective of the people who know the narratives and the stories and the individuals involved inside and out. Um, And so I've advocated for a long time for as the moments get more significant that you at least find a way to include local voices. And so I don't want to disparage anyone who was involved in last night's call. The one thing I will say about the first goal in particular is when you're calling a game, you are prepared. There are certain things you have to do at the start of the game that you do to set the stage, if you will, and there are certain narratives you're ready to go with. So I understand why the first goal went down like it did in terms of the broadcast, but I think they could have immediately just stopped and gone to a sole focus of the goal. But I think that as much as it's it's valuable to say this is a story deserving of national attention, I think we have to do a better job finding a way to bring in those local voices because I think in the biggest moments, it's not only a payoff for the people doing the work, but it's also a payoff for the people who love the team and people who are in the team because then those stories are truly accurately represented and celebrated. I mean, that's my opinion on the broadcast. Yeah, John Walton uh, had a really good call on yeah. the radio, so you can check that out. Yeah, that's the one nice thing, like, you know, if your team goes to the Stanley Cup final, like a broadcast team, like a lot of the time you'll still hear them get to do like the local radio call or something, and then that could be like overlaid. But like, it is tough because those those are the people that are there for the day to day. Those are the people you want to hear it. You know, if only you could hear it both ways for a game like this. I like sometimes when it's like nationally, you're gonna get. I think I think the Rangers Golden Knights was this way last week because I I hadn't seen this yet on TNT, but it was like nationally at seven o'clock, everybody got the game on TNT, and then for the late game, only locally, like locally, you went back to your home station, and then and then nationally, I, I was so surprised. It, my TV literally went black and was like, "Go to MSG" because I'm in New York, so I was like. I've never seen this on TNT before, but they didn't have the late game too. So you still get both options. And I don't know what who called the game nationally. I assume it was national broadcasters. I didn't get to see that here at all. But you have both options. It's nice when teams do that. So for big moments, it would be nice instead of everybody going to ESPN. If you were in the Washington market, you still got your home broadcast. If you're in the Chicago market, same thing. Yeah. And I think, I think too, I mean, obviously that comes down to money, right? And that's part of the problem, but, and I don't want to disparage the, like, I mean, I would listen to John Forsen call every NHL game till the end of time. So I certainly want to respect the talent that exists at the national level, but I think unfortunately, and what sucks now is that, you know, the fans of the Caps in particular, I've seen them 
be the most displeased. And while I, again, appreciate the broadcast spotlight so more people can see the moments, I, I'm here for that. But, you know, it's kind of like the games that go on NHL Network is that, you know, it's still the local broadcast. Like, let's find a balance here to make sure the voices can accurately represent the story. Because I will say, too, like, it's stressful to talk about a team you don't feel. Shane and I have talked about this. It's stressful to talk about a team that you don't know as well as you have known other teams in the past. So it is what it is, but we congratulate Alexander Ovechkin, and I, I'm here for him to become the leading goal scorer of literally all time in the NHL. In this era. Literally, literally. All right, my friends, we end every episode with everybody's favorite game, and that is Fuck, Mary Kill. And we asked for some nominations, and we've narrowed it down to a few. In honor of Gary Bettman's comments at the Board of Governors meeting, we're going to go with a Bettman-themed FMK, because what more could you want out of life? So Shout out to Andy E. on Twitter for the suggestion. Thank you. Yes, shout out indeed. And with that, Sarah, guess what? You get to go first. Are you ready? Fuck, Mary kill the following. Rotating board ads, ads embedded in the ice, or ads on NHL jerseys. You've talked a little bit about these, but tell us your FMK categories. Yep, we're marrying ads on NHL jerseys. I think you can get fun and creative there, and there's a lot of opportunity, and it's a lot of exposure too, right? Like there's a lot of this in the NBA, and nobody's freaking out, and there's more opportunity. So look into that, fellas. I guess I'll fuck ads embedded in the ice, but it's so funny. Last year, Bruins versus Canes playoffs, Pyotr Kochekov, the goalie, lost his stick in a TikTok ad, and he was, like, running around. He could not find a stick, and someone else on the, I think the other team, gave it to him. But then I tweeted about it, and somebody responded, you fucking moron, there's, these are only on TV. And then I responded (laughs) with a video of my, I'm like, wait, am I seeing this wrong? I'm live, I'm there. But then I took a video of it, and it's like, his stick is in the TikTok ad. I'm like, am I hallucinating? I was not hallucinating. So I'm not going to listen to those people on Twitter anymore. And I am killing rotating board ads. Like, just stop rotating them if we're going to have to do this and suffer through this. Shane, I go. <laughs> okay, I am going to marry the Jersey ads because, again, I don't think they're disruptive. There's a lot of money opportunity and money is good because more people get jobs when there's money and we need that. Um, and... Yeah, it's, it's one fucking ad. It's funny seeing, like, the Maple Leafs, because it's all about the leaves, have milk on theirs. Like, milk. it's funny. Like, let's enjoy it. Let's see who can do it, like, the most creatively and things like that. So that's fine. I will kill uh, ads on the ice. I think they're the most disruptive to the people playing the game. I think that they're annoying and disruptive in general. I don't mind, like, the Stanley Cup final banner. I think that that's fun. I don't, I don't like the ads on the ice. I understand why they're there. I don't like them. I know it could be worse, but... That's what I got. I will fuck the rotating board ads because I really, honest to God, think there is a fun angle to this. I think there's a creative way to do this. I think there's a way to be innovative. I think other sports have gotten it down. I think hockey has had some ideas in the past. I just think we need smarter, creative people with different ideas on how to find the benefits of this and smooth out the the wrinkles along the way. We really don't like it because we don't like the hiccups and we don't like the NHL's attitude about it but I think that there could be something here that's and it's not disruptive to people on the ice so I think that is obviously a priority and if you spend a shit ton of money on a ticket because hockey is not very inviting to the world like you shouldn't have to 
you don't see them. So that's like a nice benefit too. So uh, yeah, I think that there's just a better way to handle it. So there's potential there. I want it to get there. I will lightly invest my time in it, but I'm not committing to it until <laughs> I see some sort of progress. Lightly investing your time. And thank you, Shana, for again, making this about the Leafs. We appreciate that. It's my job. I'm desperately trying to find a way to be different. I don't know if I can be. Let's see. I am going to kill ads embedded in the ice because although I must say learning how it's done and watching it be done is actually very, very, very cool. And shout out to all the ice techs who do that. I don't like it because ultimately I think what ends up happening is lack of standardization. Some teams end up putting different things. Logos can look different. And I'm, I am, I know that the league has to approve all these things, but still I feel like it, like, at the end of the day, I feel like the ice should be as standard as possible rink to rink. That's my personal opinion. So I'm going to kill that. I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to fuck the board ads because I'm with Shayna and Sarah. I think, I think I get it. And again, I am here for the extra revenue. I'm here for finding new and different creative ways that again, can feed broadcast and not just rely on gate and in arena audience to grow your dollars to make the sport more profitable. I'm here for that, but it's just not being executed well. And if there's not an attitude of wanting to execute it well, it's never going to get better. Um, which means I'm going to reluctantly, I'm going to marry, but I'm going to divorce ads on the jerseys. I'm not <laughs> as pro as you guys, but series of elimination and I, I'm marrying for money. I guess that's what I'm doing. I found my sugar jersey. That's what we're doing. So that's my that's Your my sugar jersey. That's my, that's my fuck Mary kill take. <laughs> all right, my friends. Did I miss anything at all? I'm sure I did, but did we get everything covered okay? I mean, yeah, if we say so. Where the fucking boss is, who cares? <laughs> no one understands our critical journalism anyway. You're just a bunch of cheerleaders. I don't want to hear your opinions. I don't think so. Hard Hold on. Can I fuck up my feed seven. somehow? I need to make this blurrier. And now I can speak. We've we need to bring down the quality. Angry 16 times. Cheerleading too hard. Amazing. Amazing. All right, my friends. I'm wearing, well, I'm wearing team gear season wide. That's it. I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm your newest cheerleader because I'm a woman. I'm going to not, I'm, every time I see critical journalism, I'm going to question the shit out of it and be like, can you explain this? Great. I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I can't wait. It's going to be great. That, I think that puts a bow on it, uh, my friends. Uh, we are so thankful for you listening. We are so thankful for you being part of this crazy ride with us. Uh, if you aren't already, check us out on social at two underscore much underscore man. That's Twitter. Who knows where we'll end up next? But for now, on Twitter, you can also find in our bio a link. We're going to our on merch. OnlyFans. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it kind of sounds like. You can find our merch. The exclusive content you need. You can find our link for our merch in our Twitter bio and on our website. Um, and until we talk again, please, please make sure to do something to make sure that hockey is in fact for every single one. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.